Well, we are going to do our final week and the end of our series on refuge. We have spent seven weeks talking about refuge, both Old and New Testament. He is our refuge and ever-present help in time of trouble, right? The Old Testament gives a picture of the cities of refuge, which is Jesus. We talked about the New Testament, we talked about Hebrews. But what we didn't do as we looked at all the different texts on refuge is we didn't go through the names of the six cities of refuge. Let me ask you a question. Are names important to God? Oh, they are. Does God just haphazardly name things? No. Very specifically, very importantly. In fact, did God change several people's names and give them specific names? Or tell the parents and said, this will be their name, right? So the names of the cities of refuge in the Old Testament, there are six of them, these Levitical cities that would be safe places if anyone killed someone accidentally. If anyone killed someone in this culture, the avenger of blood could kill them as recompense. I used that word twice. Wow, I must have been reading my King James this week, huh? Recompense. The avenger of blood, the next of kin, could kill them, and it that would be totally legal in this culture. So that person who killed someone accidentally, not on purpose, could flee to one of these six cities. I want to show you this picture here so you can see these cities. Three on one side of the Jordan, three on the other. They were evenly spread out all over Israel. You could get there, as I said, in one day. No matter who you were, you could be to a city of refuge in one day. Here are the six names. Moses picked three, although he wouldn't go in the promised land, and Joshua, Caleb, and Eleazar picked the other three. You know Joshua and Caleb, Eleazar was the high priest at the time. We are going to take these six names, and they each have these six cities, excuse me, and they have a specific name and a specific reason God named them, right? So let's look at this. You've got some notes there, kids. You've got some notes. Go to Joshua 20, and let's read these names and then we're going to learn something new from the Word of God. Joshua 27 and 8. Moses is dead. This is Joshua, Caleb, and Eleazar. So they, that's the three people, appointed Kedesh in Galilee in the mountains of Naphtali, Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim, Kirdra, which is Hebron, in the mountains of Judah. And on the other side of the Jordan, by Jericho eastward, they assigned Belzar in the wilderness of the plain from the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth in Gilead from the tribe of Gad, at Golan in Bashan, and Golan in Bashan from the tribe of Manasseh. These are the six cities. That's the picture that I showed you. So today we're going to look at these. You have six points, okay, guys? This is a new record for Foundations Church. I had, a, I had a personal limit of five because that's the top and three is like you're doing really good. But because there's six cities, I can't leave one out. That's biblically inaccurate. So there's six points. So let's go through these one at a time. Number one, Kedish. Kedish. Kedish means on your sanctuary. Now we're kind of sitting in a sanctuary, a place that means set apart or safe. The first one on the list, the first one picked was Kedesh. Because God looks at the people of Israel and he said, you're going to not be like, it, like Egypt. And you're not going to be like the people um, of the land you're taking over. You're going to be a sanctuary people. You're going to be a people who takes in. And remember, the cities of refuge weren't just for the Israelites, for the sojourner, anyone who was traveling, and for the Gentile. 
that almost seems contrary to some of the law of the Old Testament, but it's not. Because sanctuary was the culture of Israel. Culture is so important, isn't it? Culture trumps everything. What's culture mean? What does that mean? Culture means what's normal here, right? What is the culture of Foundations Church? What's normal here? We're loving, we're friendly, we love the Word of God, we love each other. These are the cultures. God wanted the culture of Israel, His people, to be a sanctuary culture. Really, this is just a foreshadow. This is just a picture of the church today, isn't it? And we see that all throughout the Bible. Number one on your notes. The church is always a part of God's refuge. It's not some time in history. Oh, well, that was for the last generation. Oh, well, that was for Acts. Absolutely not. The local church, this city, Kedesh, sanctuary, was a part of their culture, and the local church is always a part of God's culture. It's in his heart, it's in his mind to gather his people together into sanctuary, Kedesh. This is so true, and we studied Hebrews 6 last week because it talks so much about God as our refuge, specifically about Jesus. And I want to read you just one verse from Hebrews 6, 10. I'm going to prove to you that it's always, and this is an easy sell for you guys because you're in church right now, but you actually have to go out in the world and deal with people who may give you a funny look when you talk about the local church. So anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, anyone who professes Christianity must be doing this right here, you and us, and we're doing it. Everyone is involved here. In Hebrews 6.10, let's read this. This was our text last week. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you, two things, have ministered to the saints, and what are those other three words? And do minister. That is a perpetual, isn't it? I have done ministry in the past. I have done children's ministry. I have done sock puppet ministry. That's right. I have done drama ministry. I know it's hard to believe. But Pastor Stephen has sung and danced to songs on five continents, telling people about Jesus. Now, that ministry is done. That's in the past. It is not. <laughs> I need intercessors right now. Get the oil in. <laughs> I have ministered in various ways. And I'm going to tell you, if you have you need to, that's great. That is a well-rounded person who's, man, I did this, and we did this, and we did mission trip, and then we did this parking lot duty, and then we did that. Praise God. That is a beautiful list. Think about all the different things that bring God glory. It doesn't matter. You may have fed widows or orphans or cleaned something or helped someone or took out trash. All of that is in God's heart and mind. You for a year or two years or maybe 50 years, some of you have just, I did that, I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. And then you say, Lord, and do minister. What do you want me to be a part of in the church today? It is an always thing. I have ministered, and maybe I can't run a marathon anymore, but I do minister. What do you want me to do? Amen? That 
is a biblical worldview, and that's what you need to have in your heart and mind if you're a Christ follower, and that's what we're going to tell everyone else. If someone says contrary, just bring them that one verse. Hebrews 6.10, you have ministered, and I do minister. Amen? We are ministers of the gospel. You are refuge. Remember, I asked for six straight weeks, and this would be the last one, last time I asked. Do you consider yourself a person of refuge? Do you consider yourself a person of refuge? Oh, I want to be like my Savior. He's refuge. Kedesh, sanctuary. Let's keep looking at this. Bring back our, our uh, map there. All right, Kedesh. Shechem. Shechem. Shoulder. To, to bear, to carry. So we need to understand the time in history and what's going on thousands of years ago. In an Eastern culture, we're in a Western culture in the 21st century. Joshua brings his people, God's people, into the, the promised land, and there's something that's going on in that culture. That culture has lots of idols, idol worship everywhere. And those idol worshipers very commonly and often would put their idols up in a high, in a high spot, a mountain range or whatever, and they would bring gifts, this and that, sacrifices, and even carry banners or things with them. And in that culture, they were always carried on the head or shoulders. They didn't carry things like this. It was always shoulders. You always would carry your idols or something for the idols, idols on the shoulders. So I'm going to read you a scripture in Joshua 21, and then it will explain point number two. I'm sorry, Joshua 24, just a few verses over. So Joshua 24, 1, and then we're going to jump to 14. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel. He's an old man right now. To where? Oh, he brought him to Shechem. He brought him to the place that means shoulder. There's a lot of rich history with Shechem, with Abraham, with all these kind of things. There's all kind of history there that they would have known. Called to the elders of Israel for their heads, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before the Lord. Now jump to verse 14. Now, therefore, this is Joshua talking, 1 through 13 is how God shouldered and carried you out of the land of Egypt. He told all the people, you're only here because God put you on his shoulders and brought you there. That's the only reason you're even in the promised land. So that's his 13 verses, verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in, in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. You decide what you're going to put on your shoulders. You decide because you've seen it in Egypt and you've seen it in the promised land. But I carried you. I gave you the example. Now, what are you going to carry on your shoulders? Whether the gods of you, which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in which the land you dwell. That's the shoulder picture. But as for me and my house, what's the famous statement? We're going to serve the Lord. What's on our shoulders right now is the king of glory. Amen? Number two on your notes. Refuge means carrying his truth. 
everywhere you go. Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Monday, every day. Again, why do we do this? Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, the most famous Old Testament picture of Jesus. Let's look at this, 4 and 5. Surely he has what? Bore our griefs and what? Carried our sorrows, that we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. I did not pay her to be afflicted at the moment I'm reading afflicted. <laughs> but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own ways. And the Lord has what? Oh, yeah. Jesus is Shechem. He shouldered it. He took the sin of the world. Amen? And we are going to be like him, to shoulder it every day. What does it look like in our daily lives? I had a busy weekend like you guys, right? Busy weekend. I was putting in mulch and doing this and that and prepping. Oh, yeah, I'm doing this big picnic at my house for everyone in the church next week. So my house has to look better than it does now, according to my wife. So I have a heavier burden than normal. Like, that has to be fixed, and you got to paint that, and this. So I'm doing all this stuff. Well, the, you know, the day gets busy, and it's 2 in the afternoon. There's a basketball game on and watch, and Megan took the kids to a birthday party, and I had just had the baby. Well, the baby goes down in the afternoon. So Stephen can have just a little window of downtime. So a glass of iced tea, some chips, and a game. That's a good thing. That's of God. Oh, that's of God. The only thing closer is fishing. But I realized it was 2 o'clock. I'm getting ready to do this. I have not even so much said as a thank you, God, today. I, my goal is I never go a day without praying and seeking the Lord. You know, my work week is easier. But Friday and Saturday is hard because that's my family day and all the Friday, Saturday and all the stuff. It's just hard. It's 2 o'clock and I'm like, I haven't done any. I didn't even say thank you, Lord. Put some worship music on. I took my banner of worship, of praise. See, they put it on their shoulders and they would even wave it to the Lord. I said, oh God, let me just spend 10 minutes and worship you. Just, I'm not spending two hours, okay? I've got a game to watch. But I just want to stop and give him the first. I want to tell him that I've got something for him. I've got an offering for him. I, I want to worship him. I want to carry him every day, everywhere. Amen? That's what shouldering him on Saturday afternoon may look like. It's what it looked like for me yesterday. You know, it looks like that for you. Getting up early to work and say, I got 10 minutes before work. I'm going to pray. I've got five minutes before the kids wake up or this show's over. Just let me, just let me read a little, I'll read two verses. That's shouldering it, carrying him everywhere. All right, let's keep looking here. Let's look at our, ma our, our map slash list. Kedesh, Shechem, Neshoto, Hebron. Hebron. Hebron means community. This is the most famous town just about except for Jerusalem in the Old Testament. So many things happened there. It was the famous home, the favorite home, excuse me, of Abraham. He traveled, but it was his favorite place to stay. It is where his wife Sarah was buried. Joshua gave it to Caleb as his land in Joshua 10. Caleb made it one of the cities of refuge. It was his decision. 
the man of God. When David became king of Judah, it was his royal residence. And it was also there that he was anointed king over all of Israel. So much rich history at Hebron. Community or fellowship, sometimes it's translated. You cannot have refuge without community. It's impossible. It can't happen, right? Without community and fellowship and deep, true relationships, there's no refuge. So I know that's redundant, but community is your blank there. Community is the vital ingredient for refuge. It's absolutely vital. Let's keep looking. Let's look at our list here. All right, now we're in the the back three. Bezra. Bezra means strength. Strength. Let me tell you what happened a couple weeks ago. Last week I told you guys that um, I was, you know, Wednesday. I was blowing my study day, so a couple Wednesdays ago I forgot to lock the door. Someone comes in. It was two guys from Mississippi. These two guys from Mississippi were from a ministry, and they build wooden crosses and all these things. And they come into churches and different, sometimes just businesses, and say, listen, would you give us a donation to support the ministry? The ministry is a totally free six-month program for people to get off drugs and alcohol. It's a, it's a men's ministry. They hold 75 men. It's in the, like the sticks out there in between kind of Mississippi and uh, Alabama state line. I didn't know these guys from Adam. I told you all this last week. This was two weeks ago or three weeks ago now. So I, my rule, I told the Lord, I will never turn anyone away empty-handed because, as you know, churches are um, they're a big target for people, for swindlers. But I said, you guys stay right here. The guy was really nervous. You know, he was trying to young guy. He was halfway through the program, and he had all these really nice wooden crosses and all this stuff. He said, you know, would you take any donation? So I turned around to get my checkbook, and I said, okay, Lord, what do I do? I felt like the, the Lord whispered. He said, give your best. I don't know these guys. Give your best. All right. Wrote $500 check. They floated out of here. We support five missionaries. This was not a monthly thing. They floated out of here. I told you all that, right? That was last week's story. Wednesday, I forget to lock the door again. It's because I'm a little ADD, and if the door rings or different, different things, I'm, it takes me a lot to get into this. Wednesday, one of the guys who's kind of the leader who takes new guys around walked back in the door. This is, you know, four days ago Wednesday. Pull that picture up because I took a picture this time. I took a picture this time. I forgot to last time. This is the cities of refuge. This is two of them. The one in the hat's from Mississippi. The one on the left is from Alabama. They go around. They build all these things, make all these things. They actually have a, uh, a sawmill at their place. They have all the equipment. They, they don't buy any, like, they don't buy it. They do it from total scratch. It's all handmade, everything. It's very nice. I don't know if you can tell in these pictures. Look what, they, look what I got. See it right there? But that's not the story. So the guy on the right is, with the hat is from Mississippi. And, I mean, you can tell when he opens his mouth, he's Mississippi. The guy on the left is from Alabama. So they, we were talking, you know, tied. And he, the guy from Mississippi is an old Miss fan, you know, that hardcore, da, da, da. And he's like, you're an LSU fan? Well, of course I'm an LSU fan. I'm a Christian in Louisiana. <laughs> now listen to me. Mississippi, old Miss, and a Crimson Tide lifelong Alabaman. 
And they said, you know, we're going to come back in a few weeks. I said, great, great. I'm going to give you a shrimp po' boy like you've never had. They, they floated again. They said, you know what? We're going to make something special for you. We've got, we can do this LSU purple and gold. I'll see, I'll see you. I said, what is it? They said, no, no, it's a surprise. In a few weeks, we're going to bring you something special. They left. I bless and praise God. Good. They didn't want any money. They just wanted to say hi. They didn't ask for anything. They just came back in. I got back in my office and I thought, Lord, did that just happen? A hardcore old Miss fan and a Tide were excited to give me a handmade that they're personally making LSU something like this. Not so they can make it and burn it in the parking lot and dance around it. That was my first thought. Now that could still happen. Hold on, they haven't brought it to me. They were so excited. We're going to make this for you. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm thinking, did this just happen? This has never happened in the history of the world. I have been to Ole Miss and LSU games. I would not take my children. That's why we have its family service, right? Y'all been? I thought, oh my goodness, this is unbelievable. This is amazing. This really just happened. Number four on your notes. Refuge language is the strongest kind of invitation. There is nothing stronger to speak love and refuge to Mississippi and Alabama, and they come back again and say, I'm making you a custom LSU frame. Whoa. You want to be refuge, don't you? I do. Is this church refuge? We are refuge at Foundations Church because it's the way my Savior was. You want to be a strong refuge? Because everyone's a, a refuge. You can judge yourself, you know, if you're 25% of the time or 50 or whatever. But if we're going to be bizarre, strength, a strong refuge, invitation like we love you, we're welcoming. It's so strong, Old Miss and the Tide come back two weeks later to give me free stuff. Amen? Come on, amen. Listen to the way Titus said it in Titus 3.8. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Verse 4. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us, how? Abundantly, through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now, is that strong refuge? That language? Look at the next verse. Because I am commanded by God to talk about it. First and Second Timothy and Titus are pastoral epistles. It's just like, hey, don't mess up too much, Pastor. Read this a lot. It's for all Christians, but read a lot. Look at the next verse. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who believe in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. I want you to tell people, be a strong refuge. Be a strong refuge. Be a strong refuge. Amen? All right, let's keep going here. Five and six. Let's look at our picture one more time. What do we got here? Ramoth. Ramoth. 
Refuge is used more in one book than any other one, and that's in Psalms. Psalms is about 20 times, depending on your uh, translation that you're using. But about 20 times, in almost all of them, David is talking about how God's refuge. Matter of fact, when you think of the word refuge, probably one of those psalms comes in your head, right? One of the psalms. Let's read Psalm 61, and then we'll look at number 5 here. Psalm 61, 1 through 4. Hear my cry, O God. Attend my ear. For the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. What does Ramoth mean? It's on your notes. High place. It's the highest in altitude. It was a high place. It was actually a fortress type. It was impenetrable. It was so difficult. It was cliffs on it. And if uh, it, was, it was never conquered until the Babylonians came in because it was so difficult to get to it. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a, strength, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. So when David says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, I bet you a picture comes in the head and a word, Ramoth. I bet you the picture of the high, impenetrable place comes into his mind when he says, oh, I want to go to that place of intimacy, that place of safety, that place that is so high, it's so close to you. Number five on your notes. The attitude of refuge will bring intimacy. Ramoth is an attitude of intimacy. I want to be at that high place where you are, that impenetrable place with you. All right, kids, you guys are doing great. We are almost done. Good job, kiddos. Let's look at the last one, Golan. Now, this one stumped me. I was doing good. I go, oh, yeah, this makes sense. This makes sense. This makes sense. This is good. I get to Golan. I'm like, I can't. I'm going to just do five points and leave one out and just tell everyone there's only five cities. I don't know what you're reading six. I mean, you get a new Bible. Let's look at this one more time. Golan. It's got such an encouraging name. <laughs> Exile. Exile. Golan. Exile. How am I supposed to encourage people with exile? Well, when you think of the word exile, you don't think of anything good, do you? No. But exile's not necessarily bad. Exile means to set apart, to be separate, or to bring to a particular place. It could be bad, but not necessarily. Golan, exile. To understand this, Scripture interprets Scripture. You want to understand the New Testament? Read the Old Testament. You want to understand the Old Testament? Read the New Testament, right? Ephesians 2. Eleven. Therefore, remember that you once were Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcised by what is called the uncircumcision made in 
the flesh by hands. Look at verse 12. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. Exile. Exile. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in His flesh the enemy, the enmity, the, the, the division, that is, the law of the commandments contained, contained in ordinances, that as, the, that as to create in Himself one new man from the two, thus making peace." It specifically goes back and talks about the law and the commandments in Ephesians. And he's saying, look, you were exiled. You were separated, but you've been brought near now. In fact, he has captured, where we get our word, captivated you. There's a lot of popular worship songs about that, about the captivating nature of God. Lastly, on your notes, thank God for permanent exile from the world in sin. You have been brought from darkness to light, from dead to life permanently. Look at someone and say permanent. Permanent exile from sin and death. You who were once afar off, disconnected from God, have been brought together so that two have been made one through Jesus Christ, both is Jew and Gentile. All right, let's stand up. Stephen, this is all good and great, but I thought God's number was seven. This is only six. I don't like six. Why did that? That doesn't make sense either. Why is there six cities of refuge and God's number is seven, the number of completion and the number of fulfillment and perfection? What's going on with that? There's one more city. One more. We find it in Revelation 21. One more city. We've experienced refuge here through Jesus Christ. Oh, but just a shadow. Look at Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people God himself will be with them and be their God and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes there shall be no more death nor sorrow nor crying there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. No more death. 
What's the whole issue with the city of refuge? They're escaping what? Death. They're escaping death to get to that city of refuge. How does he start it off in Revelation? There shall be no more death. You have found permanent refuge with your Savior, Jesus. Well, now that's something to worship about and to thank God about. Amen? Let's transition to communion. Every family service, we take communion together. So what I'd like to do is in your family groups, you can go and get yourself the bread and the juice and then go sit down. We'll take communion together and worship the Lord with the remaining of our time. sit down and be comfortable. Kids, this represents the most important thing in our life. Adults and uh, included, we always want to do this as a family. We always want to talk about our Savior who was broken for us. Not his bones, his body. For our sin. That's why we take this bread to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. That his blood was spilled for us. That his pure, sinless blood washes our sins as white as snow and they're remembered no more. That's what communion is about. This is all about Jesus right here, our refuge. 
not a one-time refuge, an always refuge, not a one-time forgiveness. You can come to him and find grace and ever-present help in time of trouble. Oh, every communion is wonderful. Every communion is special because every communion says, oh, what you did for me. Oh, what you did for me. I will never forget. Let's take the bread. Now, Lord, we all come to you individually and collectively because when the communion was instituted, it was done in a group. It was not to be done alone. It was done in a group. So, Lord, I thank you that we publicly acknowledge what you did for us, that your body was broken for us, and that this juice, which represents your blood, we know by faith in you that it washes us white as snow. And more than that, puts us in right relationship with God the Father, gives us eternal refuge in heaven. Oh, and we'll be, we'll do everything that you need everything in our life. The blood will. In Jesus' name. Let's stand up. We got a couple minutes left. We're going to worship the Lord for his refuge. Just thank him. Just worship him with a few minutes we have left for his refuge, for his work. Because you are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are Are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I 
I am Yes, you I am You're a good, good Father Yes, who you are Yes, who you are Yes, who you are And I'm loved by you Yes, who I am Sing about His goodness Yes, who I am Yes, who I am church of refuge and who this means our God is I can't help but think of Hebrews 12 and it's contrasting the old covenant that they had with Moses and the being given the Ten Commandments with the new covenant so in contrast to the mountain that was burning with fire it says but you have come to Mount Zion to the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem as he talked about that seventh city of refuge that we have to look forward to that's our covenant you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven you have come to God the judge of all men to the spirits of righteous men made perfect to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood as we just took communion that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel and that's the God that we've come to that's the covenant that we have in Christ Jesus that's the city of refuge the heavenly Jerusalem the city of the living God that we have to look forward to amen now let's just thank him oh God thank you we love you thank you Jesus thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you God Grab someone you love as we pray and close. Lord, thank you so much for refuge. Thank you for your blood covenant. Thank you, Lord, so much that we could do this together as family and friends. It's wonderful, Lord. Oh, we're so blessed. We will never think of church as a burden. We will never think of carrying your name and your blood and your promises and your and your cross as a, as a difficult thing. We take it with joy, Lord. We take it on us, Lord. We thank you for it, God. Now, empower us, Lord. Let us go out and proclaim refuge, for you have given us refuge. Let us proclaim it clearly, but with love, with distinction, with confidence. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.